welcome to Beers and Buckets, the podcast for degenerates like us who love college basketball, NBA basketball, any sort of basketball, and drinking beer. Uh, we are part of the Basketball Podcast Network, where you can get the latest on your favorite teams and what's happening around the NBA and NCAA. I'm your host, Connor Caldwell, and like always, I'm joined by Dal Harmon. Dal, what's going on, my main man? Hey, you know, um, just... Hey, not getting ready for college football season, actually. I know this is a basketball podcast, but yes, college football season is coming up. Uh, Wake Forest plays on Thursday, and Kentucky plays on Saturday, which means I can tailgate all Saturday and <laughs> not miss the late game, which is exciting. Yes. So, it's great. Is that Sailor? Yeah, Sailor, Sailor's making her podcast appearance tonight. Sailor is excited about college football, too. It's She's definitely excited about college football. I'm excited about college football. I'm excited about f- football in general because we got our first dub on the first game of the season. Uh, Let's go. Club, so that's nice to get that win off our backs. You know, the pressure of winning you know, each game just lessens now. Um, so pretty excited about that. And uh, yeah, it's been so long since we recorded because technically you and I haven't recorded for two weeks, so a little yeah, know, little right? crazy. Uh, I bought a truck since then, about an old seventy one <laughs> C ten uh, that I'm that I'm re- restoring. So pretty pretty crazy happenings all around. But this is what, incredible yeah. news that I didn't yeah. know about you. Yeah, it's a little a little crazy. My brother owns an auto body shop, so it makes it easier to do a lot of that stuff. My God, my dog is going nuts right now. <laughs> but anyways, Dude, this these look sick. Yeah, it's an old school truck. I got a digital rendering getting made, and uh, I'm gonna have I'm gonna share it once I get the rendering made. I'm excited, very excited. But I mean, it's just good. It's a lot of work, but I don't care. I'm gonna have fun with it. So, all right, Dale, what are you drinking tonight for the beer review? I am drinking a beer. Uh, is Highwire Brewing, uh, which is a brewery out of Asheville. It's their Mountain Water Citrus Splash, and it is when I was looking it up. It had like other on untapped, and I was like, "That's weird. Why does it have other?" It's because yeah. it is technically called an easy drinking ale, which I don't know what that means. But Never heard of it. It's four point five percent ABV. It's a five uh, EB, IBU. The reason I picked it, apart from it being a North Carolina beer, is literally on the can. I don't know if you can see it because it's not clear. But the second little like lever guy right mm-hmm. there is crushability, and it's all the way up. So Ooh, I'm super see crushable. If, if exactly. it's an easy drinking beer or ale or whatever it's called, it should be crushable. It it the like the tagline for this beer is this is the beer to show share with your seltzer friends. So okay, um, so one my my wife might enjoy then. Exactly. So well. Oh, that's that's a seltzer more than a beer for sure. <laughs> Interesting. Has wait. I'm confused. This says it has no calories, five carbs, almost a gram of protein. But like, how can? Oh, it's 110 calories, not no calories. I'm oh. an idiot. Reading, reading's t- reading's hard. <laughs> I didn't learn that in school. Too good. <laughs> No, this is pretty good. Um, uh, it's definitely crushable. I don't know exactly how many I would want to crush a bunch. It tastes like if you mixed 
like a one part lime uh, white claw, one part Sprite Zero, and one part like Bud Light. The two would be mixed. Like the two you mentioned at first would be good together. I don't know about adding the Bud Light in at the end, but I mean, I drink. Bud I don't really Light, know so. either. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Makes sense. So, okay. Well, while you wait for your comparison for college basketball team or basketball or just comparison to anything, uh, I'm drinking Florida Avenue Brewing, uh, Brewing Company. Ooh, I like that can. Yeah, the can caught my eye. It's a passion, passion of the Heights tropical wheat ale. So you and I are both tropical tonight, both the uh, citrusy and. Go. Yeah, it's, uh, like I said, tropical wheat ale, so I'm trying to remember what exactly it has in it, like the flavors it has in it. But I have my untapped page pulled up, so. Uh, I saw a mango. I saw a mango on that. On the, yeah, it has like, a mango on thing. it. So hibiscus, orange zest, rose hips, cinnamon, and lemongrass. So it technically doesn't have, well, but then, like, on my description for the taste, it said light-bodied with herbal and floral notes of mango, passion fruit, and subtle sweetness. So it is a 4.7% ABV, no IBUs, and untapped has it ranked at 3.65. I feel like most beers that we drink on this are like in the 3.4 to 3.6 range. I think that's just going to happen when you have a lot of rankings in general. But Florida Avenue Brewing is in Wesley Chapel, Florida. So that's about like 45 minutes from me, uh, north northeast of me. Um, basically near 75. If you're taking 75 south, you know, Wesley Chapel cuts right, you know, cuts right through it. But we give it a sip here. Doesn't have a lot of flavor. Um, on the initial taste, there's a lot of lingering aftertaste, which is good. Definitely crushable. Um, but it's it's not super sweet, which is what I think makes it crushable. If it was like a super sweet initial taste, I'd say it'd probably be too much for me but it's light enough um no calorie info that i can find so that might have it um not be as crushable because if i'm going to drink a bunch of beers i don't want to be like super bloated and you know have a lot of calories drinking that's why i do with the uh mcultras baby mcultras all day but um comparing it um God, well, I'd like, did I already do Hawaii? I feel like I already did Hawaii. But you know what? I'm going to do Hawaii again in general because it's a tropical weed ale. It's not super great, but it's not bad at all. And that's Hawaii. That's Hawaii for you. So probably have already done that one before. I'm going to do it again because it's the most accurate comparison to anything, you know, college or basketball related. So there you go. What are you comparing your beer to tonight? Compare it. I'm gonna stay in the state that it was uh, made, and I'm gonna compare it to NC State. Um, there's a lot of claims on this: bright, citrusy, crisp, refreshing, zippy, bubbly. Mm-hmm. There's this whole big thing about like it's the best thing for playing outside and lemon and lime. There's a bunch of stuff, bunch of promises that are made on this can. <laughs> Not a ton of follow through, if we're going to be <laughs> honest, and that's just NC State to a T. They overperform, overpromise, they underperform, underdeliver. Um, this beer is NC State. There you go. That's the beer review, guys. 
spooky season is like right here, guys. Like we're two days away. I mean, it's Tuesday night, August 30th as we record. So by the time you listen to this, it's September, which means it's basically summer is over and uh, football week zero has already happened, guys. College football's back. We are 10 days away or 11 days away by the time you listen to this from NFL, which means betting season is here because who wants to bet on just baseball? Nobody. I'm sure a lot of people do. But you're listening to this podcast. You probably like football, too, which means you should definitely download DraftKings Sportsbook with tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports. You can fuel your fandom like never before. You get thrown out on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, football, whatever, you name it. We got it at DraftKings. And so you have same game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and prop bets. Your betting options feel endless. So, Dal, I don't know about you, but FSU and LSU seems too good. I, I don't even know what the spread is yet, but I I, I don't know, man. It's, that's, a, that's a tough bet. I feel like it's, I need to put some, something on it. What do you think? That's a game I'm staying away from. There are too many unknowns. There are a lot of unknowns. Um, I think it's like LSU minus three, I think is what it has right now. That just seems weird. I have no idea on a read on that one. I will say that one of my bets preseason was the Hawaii under because they are returning the least amount of uh, like returning production in the country. And that looked pretty, I think it was like under three and a half or under four and a half. Uh, Looked pretty good coming off of their absolute shellacking against Vandy where they just got completely destroyed at home. Uh, so excited about that one. Uh, I'm I'm waiting for the line for the Wake Forest game to come out because I want to see exactly how they are viewed without Sam Hartman. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Well, anyways, bet responsibly, guys. If you're going to use DraftKings, bet responsibly. Don't be don't be stupid here. But best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. That's promo code TBPN to make your first deposit. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. And then see the show notes for details. Uh, Yeah, I'm excited for it. Excited the season to uh, to have something reliable like DraftKings to go to. So go check it out. Go download it. Again, use promo code TBPN for your first deposit. So. During the college basketball offseason, we've been breaking down either by ourselves or with a guest that is very knowledgeable about a certain team, the top 25 teams from last season, team by team, and previewing them for this upcoming season. Uh, So we talk about the roster movement, staff changes, other impactful events for each team. This week's team is the Auburn Tigers, and tonight we're joined by Doug of WarEagleTV.com to talk about the Tigers offseason. So, Doug, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are y'all doing? War Eagle. Yeah, we're we're doing good. Uh, I've always asked. I never get a straight answer. (laughs) I I don't know what to say. Do I say go Tigers, War Eagle? Give me, give me a, just before we get started on anything, talking about the teams, I got to know what's where, which one is more popular? Like, do you guys just say War Eagle as a chant or, you know, I never understood the War Eagle chant. Yeah. Tigers is the nickname. War Eagle is the battle cry. Okay. Okay. So, 
Yeah. There you go. That's a, that's that's easy way to remember it. So I'll, I'll keep that in, in mind for the future. I don't know All how right. often I'll be saying War Eagle, to be honest with you, but as a Kentucky fan, but it's okay. <laughs> so last season, let's talk about last season here for Auburn. They went 28 and 6 on the season as a whole, 15 and 3 in the SEC. They finished first in the SEC, finished fourth in the AP Top 25, and 12th in Ken Palm. So from your perspective, where would you rank last year's team overall for Auburn basketball history? Oh, my goodness. Um, well, I would say it was a historic season, as Bruce Pearl likes to say, make history. Uh, they became number one in the uh, in the AP poll. Um, so that was historic. But uh, after the kind of after the Kentucky game, after the Alabama game, they ran out of gas a little bit down the stretch, managed to win the SEC. But, um, you know, they, and, and bowed out pretty early in the NCAA tournament, round of 32. So uh, I wouldn't say it was one of the best seasons in Auburn basketball history. Obviously a Final Four season a couple of years ago. But, uh, you know, not too bad. Uh, could have done a little bit better with the with the talent they had a couple of first-rounders. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd say regular season, it probably was one of the best regular season Auburn basketball teams. And just like you said, kind of fizzled out there at the end late. But, I mean, like very strong outing for – very strong season for them uh, overall considering the, the history of Auburn's basketball. So um, I it, I was excited to watch them play. I know there's, there's a lot of talk, and I got frustrated at one point how favorable the home whistle was for Auburn. But all things considered, it was a great season for the Tigers. So um, let's talk about some of the departing players. So we know Jabari Smith went third overall to the Houston Rockets. Tell me, tell me, where do you think Jabari Smith ranks all time for Auburn? Well, that's a good question. I and I probably have him in my, you know, my team that you were talking about in the top five guys of all time. I would say. Um, you want me to rank him one through? One through five right now, or we want to wait on that? Uh, we can wait on that on yeah. a little bit, but yeah, um, just talk about last or the departing players that you have from last year's team. I'd love to hear your yeah. thoughts on some of these guys, especially that transfer late. Yeah, uh, well, obviously Jabari, um, very talented basketball player, um, third pick overall, as you mentioned. A lot of people thought he could have gone higher than that. Um, as Bruce Pearl mentioned last year, probably the best uh, jump shooter that he has ever coached. And that's saying quite a bit. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think Jar- Jabari has some things that he can improve on in the NBA. Obviously, his handles a little bit, uh, taking the ball to the basket. Uh, you've also got Walker Kessler, who was a first-round pick, uh, came out of North Carolina to Auburn and last year and became the uh, defensive player of the year in the SEC. So tremendous year for Walker, Um, you know, blocked a lot of shots, was a big force in the paint for the Tigers. And you also have uh, Devin Cambridge, who left in the transfer portal and uh, went to play with his brother, I think. And uh, so, so Auburn lost a lot. After last season, it's a big, it's a big, uh, you know, th- three big guys that they lost uh, to the NBA or the transfer portal. It'd be a big hole to fill, but I guess that's uh, 
that's part of the deal when you're growing like Auburn is. Yeah. Good basketball teams have to reload a lot. So it is what it is. You guys are a yeah. good basketball team now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so kind of give us – now. Yeah, you, I guess you are basketball school. We'll see about football this year. But <laughs> as as uh, fans that just had to go through their basketball and football team feuding, I don't know if you exactly want to go on record saying you're one one sport or the other. As, as people at Auburn like well. to say, we're an everything school. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what we like to go with yeah. too. Now that yeah. we have had our two big coaches fighting over the last two weeks, right. like children, like little children. But oh well. Uh, uh, interesting <laughs> between uh, Pearl and uh, Calipari the last couple of years, huh? It has been. It has been definitely something to something to watch there. But yeah, I mean, I feel like Pearl, especially because he comes from Tennessee, not just the fact that he's at Auburn now and they've been so good, but. He was a huge rival at Tennessee for years. I feel like a lot of the UK fan base doesn't like Pearl, but I like he's just as too entertaining and also just too good at his job not to uh, enjoy him, in my opinion. But that's yeah, I've yeah, always that's just, I've, that's just me. I've always been like if Calipari leaves, uh-huh. girl, come on down. Course, I was just going to say definitely the kind of guy that Auburn needs or needed to kind of spark the basketball program a a salesman, yeah. a motivator. And, you know, also a pretty good X and O guy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. So uh, kind of give us a breakdown of the returning players that you have from last year's team to this year and uh, who you think is going to be the most impactful returning player. Ooh, the most impactful. I would say uh, if I had to guess the most impactful returning player, I would hope would be Wendell Green because uh, I think he's going to start at point guard And um, from just watching their summer basketball in Israel, um, the the four new guys that they have, to me, seem to be uh, four of the better players that they'll have this coming season. Yeah. So I would say if I had to if I had to say most impactful, I would say um, Wendell Green at the point. Uh, Dylan Cardwell is much improved as a post player. Jalen Williams is a good post player, a solid post player as well. And, um, you know, they have the the guards also. Zepp Jasper is going to back up probably uh, Wendell at the point. And they have Trey Donaldson coming in also. And Alan Green, there's the big question mark, I think, for the Auburn Tigers this year. Is he going to revert back to Alan Green, you know, before the injury? Or is he going to continue along the same path? That'll be a, a big thing to watch this year. Yeah, I, you know, one of the go ahead, Del. I was gonna say one of the questions I had was just, <clears throat> what do you expect from Cardwell and um, and Jalen Williams? Because I know you have, we'll talk about them in a second with incoming players, but you have Traore and Broom from that are two probably the two biggest names that you're bringing in. Mm-hmm. But obviously, whenever you lose Kessler and uh, Jabari, that's pretty much replacing eighty like 75, 80% of your production in the front court. Yeah. So what do you expect from them and kind of how can they, what do they need to get better at to be able to provide a bigger impact um, this upcoming year from kind of what they did last the year? The backup guys, you mean? Yeah. 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 Cardwell and, and Williams. I think Jalen Williams is a, is pretty good. I'm not sure there's anything he really needs to work on specifically, but um, just, just better in all aspects of his game. Um, I'm not sure he can break the starting lineup with, like you said, Janai Broom 
and uh, Treor uh, coming in. I, th- I think those two guys will be the starting post players. Um, yep. It's hard to argue with that. And then Dylan Cardwell, just from watching him in Israel, seems like he's gotten bigger and stronger, better than last year. That's the main thing I think that he had to work on was uh, just his, <clears throat> his, excuse me, his aggressiveness under the basket. A lot of times you'd watch Dylan play and he would pull down a rebound and wouldn't go back up with it. He'd throw it back out to the three-point line. Uh, I think he's gotten a little bit better at that, and you'll see that this year. Sweet. So we talked about the returning players, and we talked, we mentioned briefly uh, some of the names from the incoming players. So kind of give us a breakdown of who's incoming and kind of who you're most excited for of these four guys coming in. Yeah, pretty good recruiting class uh, for Bruce Pearl. Of course, like we talked, Yoan Treor. Uh, who was, I think, the eighth player in the class coming, uh, you know, coming over from LSU where he was committed to before the coaching change. And uh, obviously he's a great player watching him in Israel. He can shoot it from the outside. He can drive it to the bucket. He can, he can do everything. He's got great size at 6'10". Um, another guy that was very impressive in the summer basketball was Chance Westry. Was a, a swing guy, a six six guy who can who also shot it very well, and um, <clears throat> I think you may see him perhaps starting at the at the three spot for uh, Auburn this year. You've got uh, Jani Broom as we talked about underneath as uh, pretty much an inside post player. I know Coach Pearl talked about trying to get him out on the perimeter more, but. Just watching him play a little bit, he's a great shot blocker. Uh, he has a great jump hook with his left hand. So I, I see him playing a, quite a bit of low post. And then the other guy is Trey Donaldson, who is a football basketball guy from from the Panhandle of Florida. And, um, you know, my impression of Trey was that when he went in the game in Israel, for Wendell or Zepp or whoever was in there, uh, he didn't look threatened, you know? He looked like he was in place and looked like he was ready to go for a true freshman. That's awesome. Yeah, it's always important for that, to see that out of some young guys there. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so talk a little bit about the Israel trip, what you were excited to see, uh, what you you think the team needs to work on as a whole, kind of like – Obviously, the talent level is a little different. You're getting lower-level guys that you're playing against where you're going to blow them out of the water, and then you get some NBA players that you're going against where they're going to you know, kind of not beat you pretty good, but they, they definitely were competitive and did, did, pull, you know, did pull out a win there, the Israel national team. So kind of, kind of break down that Israel trip in general. Yeah, I think first I would say it was just a great trip for the guys to go on and see the sights that they saw and do the things that they did and – and, you know, like you, you talked about Kentucky, I think, on your previous podcast, it's just a trip for the guys basically to go build that chemistry in the summer, play a little basketball together, work in the new guys, you know, and, and build that chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, a historic trip in Israel with seeing everything that they saw over there and Coach Pearl being Jewish kind of leading the way. So uh, that was interesting. I wondered. 
I wondered why Israel was the choice, like what the connection was there. Yeah, it was um, that. I didn't realize that Bruce Pearl was Jewish. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what it was. That's cool. But but they also saw some cool. other sites too, uh, which was interesting. But you know, as far as things to work in work on, I think uh, basically what we've covered. But um, just you know, blending these new guys into the lineup, seeing who's going to play where, and uh, obviously a very talented class coming in. So I think I think Coach Pearl has to figure out, uh, like we talked about Chance Westry a little bit, is he going to play the three spot? Is he going to play the two spot? He could probably play either one. And, and Alan Flanagan, you know, where, what is what is he going to do in his, in his last year? Is he going to play the two spot? He could play two, three, or four. Um, yep. I think that's basically it. And then the guard situation, we, we mentioned everybody. I didn't mention KD Johnson. He fits into the into the uh, you know the the lineup there somewhere. Is a great going to be a great shooter, I think. Again, in his uh, in his season coming up this year, so uh, they got a, they got a lot of guards. They got to figure out how to work them all in there. I think. Yeah. Yeah, that very guard heavy team this year it seems like um mm-hmm. for for them as where as opposed to last year where they weren't guard heavy. So yeah. kind of good to have options. And uh, you got there. the reason also also that I was just watching him a little bit before we before we started here. I mean, he's a guy we saw in Israel, he can go out and stretch the defense and mm-hmm. and shoot the three-pointer too. He can. Yep, definitely. Yep. Okay, so the reason we the reason we smiled whenever you mentioned Katie Johnson is because Connor likes to Connor likes to the the face that he makes and also Connor likes the uh, the penguin from Madagascar. Uh, Connor says that he <laughs> looks like him and always tweets out that whenever he does something good or bad. Good or yeah. bad, so, he looks like the it, Rico from Penguins <laughs> of Madagascar every yeah. time. So. Def- definitely <laughs> the biggest character on the Auburn basketball team. Yes, he is. Absolutely, some others too, like Cardwell. <laughs> yes. So now that we've kind of broken down the roster, we talked about the foreign trip there. Uh, can, give us your opinion on where you think, like how the, your projection for this team here, uh, for the SEC, where they'll kind of rank in the SEC, and then just in basketball as a whole. Uh, can I give your prediction here? Yeah, I don't think they're quite as talented as they were last year with Jabari and Walker and Devin. Uh, but I still see a good season coming up. They're going to be very talented. They're going to be a little younger, I guess, a little younger. Um, but they're still going to be deep, a deep basketball team. They've got eight, nine, ten guys that they can play. And I think that's one of the things that Coach Pearl used the last couple of years uh, against teams. He played so many guys and he would wear them down in the second half. So I think that's going to be an advantage again. How far do they go? Uh, it's hard to say. Um Win in the SEC last year, it's going to be hard to top that. But, um, you know, Arkansas is very good. Kentucky is very good. I think Alabama will be a little bit better after a down year last year. So, um, you know, I think they'll be competitive for the SEC regular season championship. How far they get, I think, probably depends on the young guys and how, how well they do. Yeah, we and we talk about on this podcast a lot how – lucky teams have to be once you get into March and uh, basically after conference tournaments, you have to be, you have that extreme luck in the tournament yeah. to begin with. So having an established team at losing, I mean, yes, you lost two really big key guys in Kessler and Smith, but returning as many guys as Auburn has returned is a huge part of 
keeping that chemistry together and then getting the talent that you did in the incoming players and kind of seeing how far you could push them to would definitely, uh, you know, help you going forward in the, in the tournament itself in the, you know, in March madness. So uh, we, we definitely are proponents of like, yeah, you need luck to win the championship. We know that not always the best team in college basketball wins. And uh, we definitely even said that uh, about in the Kansas episode when you mm-hmm. know, previewing Kansas this season. So, yeah, no question yeah. about it. I mean, just take when Auburn went to the final four, they didn't have a great regular season. They just got hot at the right time. They did. They absolutely for a, a lot did. of teams, you know, and, and you could argue that Auburn should have won the national championship that year. If they wouldn't have had, you talk about calls, you know, the one against <laughs> yeah. Virginia. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if, if Auburn gets the call there, they might've won it all. And, and not a team that you would have picked to even be in the final four in the regular season. Nope. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's cal- that's what makes it the one of the most exciting you know, events in sports is just how yeah. lucky you have to be. So let's, all right, let's move on to the all time Auburn starting five Actually, here. Six I, man. I have one more question. I, I'm just curious. Did you all leave any talent, like any high school talent in Arizona? Because Treore and Westry are both <laughs> Arizona kids. Like, is there just, did you just raid the entire, all of the the five stars from Arizona and just leave no one else there? I don't know. That's a good question. I guess, uh, I guess Coach Pearl or somebody on the staff must have gone to Scottsdale and had a golf trip or something. Huh? <laughs> had to. It's the only. It's the only. Uh, it's the only thing. Either a golf trip or a barbecue. That, Which one? <laughs> true. <laughs> I also think it's funny that Chance Westry, uh, just his last name Westry, going back a couple of years, UK had the cornerback Chris Westry that was committed to Auburn and then decommitted on like either on signing day or near signing day. So it's funny whenever I saw, whenever I was looking this up, that Chance Westry is committed. And I was like, wait a second, like, is that the same guy? Nope, it's not. Yeah, uh, no. So it's funny, I, I tell you, funny to see that name. Another thing I picked up on Chance Westry in the Israel games um, was for a six-six guy and probably a, a three-spot guy, I think, um, he has very good hand-eye coordination and very quick hands. Uh, when he was guarding uh, guys that were – you know, six one, six two, out by the half. You know, the 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 hash mark if they have a hash mark anymore, or the half court line. Um, yep. He took the ball away from guys like three or four times and would take it down and dunk. Uh, so very impressive uh, on the defensive end. And I think with his size, you know, playing the two spot or the three spot, he's going to be a uh, give some guys uh, some trouble shooting the basketball over him too. I mean, that's especially helpful when you have, like, Katie Johnson and Wendell Green aren't the, aren't the biggest guys. Right. So being able to infuse some size on that, right. that backcourt is nice. Yeah, that, and that's a problem Auburn has, I think, is the, the size of their guards. When you have Wendell, Zepp, and KD are all m- maybe 6'1", you know? Yeah, 6'1", so, being generous. Yeah, yeah. It, it's hard for them to get to the bucket. So. Yep. Yep. That's one of the things that was a problem, I think, last year when teams – don't ask me why Kentucky didn't do it and Alabama didn't do it and the teams before. But when teams would shut off Walker Kessler from going down the lane on the pick and roll, yep. the guards had trouble scoring. So uh, finally teams kind of caught on to that. 
Yeah, I can tell you for Kentucky's sake, we just didn't have a guy that could guard the pick and roll last year, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was as good as Oscar Shibwe was. That was his one flaw, I'd, I'd say, is his ability to guard the pick and roll defense mm-hmm. and offense there. But Well, it's like that game was I mean, frustrating. I think if you just stand in front of Walker Kessler and put a body on him so he can't get to the basket, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's hard for him so. to score. He doesn't really yeah. have a. 10-foot jump shot, so. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Um, all right, let's move on to all-time Auburn starting five and six, man. So, Doug, give us our your all-time point guard for Auburn here. Uh, I've got Jared Harper down here is who I have. Um, probably, maybe not the guy a lot of people would pick, but, man, what a an athletic presence for a, whatever he was coming in Auburn, a three-star guy. Yeah. Uh, had a tremendous run when they went to the final four. And uh, I just think, you know, he's exciting. He can get to the bucket. He's had a little bit of a career in the NBA. Uh, great shooter, Jared Harper and Bryce Brown, you know. Yeah. Uh, they were filling it up. A fun so I, I would put, I've got Jared Harper there. Uh, yeah. I don't think I like you'll it. have any disagreements from us with that. So, That's for me. All right. Who's your shooting guard here? Um, I'm not sure which order these guys go in, but my shooting guard, I'm going to put uh, Jabari Smith there. Obviously, a- I'm putting him at the two spot. Obviously, he didn't play that in college. But on my <laughs> all-time team, I'm putting him at the two. You know, the best the best jump shooter that Pearl says he's ever coached. So, And honestly, like I could definitely see him playing that kind of a hybrid 2-3 role in the NBA. So it, yeah. it would work in college too, especially if yeah. you're – Dealing with you know who you have probably as your starting center or power forward, it would right. it would have, say it would be work. <laughs> Auburn's Auburn's all time lineup skews big. Yes, so yeah, I I like being able to to do this. Right, put him at the two. right. Yeah. Then, all right, who's your three or small forward here? Yeah, these guys could could reverse too, but I'm going to say my three spot is Chuma Okiki. Um, I like you that. know a couple of years ago going to the Final Four. I look at the court when Auburn's playing North Carolina. And uh, like I said, I spent some time in North Carolina. I'm looking at the guys out there on Carolina's team and Auburn's team. And I'm thinking Chumo Kiki is the best player on the floor right now, Mm -hmm. you know? So um, very impressive, a quiet guy, but you know, he can really, he can really fill it up and very athletic. Oh yeah. You have no complaints here for that. I'm a magic fan. So uh are I'm you? a big, a big Okiki fan. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And uh, your power forward here, who do you have? My power forward is the all-time leading scorer in Auburn basketball history, and that's Chuck Person, uh, the rifleman, who I'm sure you guys know. Another great shooter, great athlete, yep. great rebounder, um, intimidating presence, and a guy who had been has been known to talk a little trash also. He's he's an Alabama Kid too, right? He is. He's from he's from Alabama. Yeah, Chuck and Wesley both are from Brantley, Alabama. There you go. And uh, to round off your starting <laughs> five, I don't Connor's think already typed him in it, here, but I think I know it. Is it? Can we guess? Is it Charles Barkley? I got the I got the round mound of rebound at the five. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so, yeah. I went no ahead and did an educated one. guess there on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My other guys, I've got. Uh, I had. You said a, a six guy too. I had a Wesley person who was Chuck's younger brother who had a tremendous career at Auburn as well. Great scorer, great shooter. 
and also um, Isaac Okoro. Yeah, a, I like Okoro. Was only there at Auburn for a year, again, like Jabari, but um, <clears throat> tremendous athlete and can play uh, all five positions. Yeah. I was a big Okoro fan coming out of uh, coming out of Auburn. I, I, I was hope high had high hopes for him in the NBA. I think I think he'll find a spot on a team that probably could use him a little bit more than Cleveland right now. But yeah, yeah I, I like Okoro a lot. Yeah, great player. Definitely. All right, Dal. Do you have any more questions for Doug as we uh, as we finish this up? Um, no, I don't think so. I think we hit everything that that I was gonna. You guys are you guys on. are starting early. It's football season, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, we've been doing the off season here just to kind of get keep things rolling, so we don't lose momentum and uh, listeners there. But yeah, it gives us it gives also other fans because I don't know about you, but you know I kind of tend to listen to just like Kentucky uh, podcasts for basketball, and so it gives a uh, like fans and other people you know a chance to get an idea of what to expect from other teams rather than just right. their own. So. Kind of, kind of hits everybody here. But you brought up football. I mean, week zero was last week. So give me, uh, give me your prediction on Auburn football this year. Ooh, it's gonna be tough. Uh, a lot of people <laughs> wondering that. Um, T.J. Finley, they just picked as a starting quarterback again, which uh, most people wouldn't have picked at the end of last year. Not, yeah, but uh, you know, a pretty talented roster, I would say. If you go too deep offensively and defensively, they're they're not bad. Uh, the, the the big question is after some of these guys leave after this season, what's going to happen? You know, is the yeah. recruiting going to be where it needs to be? But um, I don't think the quarterback. Just in talking to some people this week, I don't think the quarterback battle is done. I think uh, there may be still a little movement there in the future. They've got a guy that is the future quarterback probably in Holden Gurner from Savannah, uh, who's a heck of a player. And uh, Robbie Ashford, who played at Hoover and transferred from, from Oregon. Yeah. So obviously uh, the offensive line has got to be better than last year. Uh, the running backs are fine with Tank yeah, and Jordan Perez and really uh, Damari Austin. Phenomenal running back as a true freshman, I think. Defensively, Auburn should be pretty good, I think. Up yeah. front, they've got a couple of transfers, Jason Jones and and Emba. Um, you know, the the edge guys are tremendous. Derek Hall and Iku Leota and Owen Papo leading the linebackers and a couple of good cornerbacks and and uh bucket at safety. They're pretty they're pretty good. It's going I think what it's going to come down to for Auburn this year is uh, as it is for every team is are you going to win the close games? They got to beat yeah. Penn State, I think. They've got to, you know, they've got to beat those those games like LSU and whoever. You know, they don't have to beat they don't have to beat Georgia and Alabama, but you know, they got to beat the other teams. They've got to come out of LSU and Ole Miss and Mississippi State and those type of teams. Texas A and M. I don't know. Is Texas A and M overrated to you guys or what? It's tough. Uh, 
I feel like they might be a little overrated, but at the same time, this is a really good recruiting class for them. So we'll we'll see. They do have a million dollar recruiting class, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's (laughs) like they didn't pay. They didn't pay any any dollars. (laughs) None of them were paid. Yeah, yeah, and they they all came for free. And Jimbo didn't know anything about it. Yeah, nothing. Exactly. Had no idea. Nothing about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think Texas A&M's a little overrated, but they were they were a little underrated last year. So, yeah. you know, kind of kind of just kind of falls and sees how like well, actually, I think we'll see how good of a coach Jimbo is versus how good of a recruiter he is. So we'll we'll see. Yeah. yeah. What is their week four against Alabama, and then they got to come to Auburn. So we'll see how yeah, the Tigers that, are doing that at that point. A little bit of a trap game. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit for sure. So. All right, Doug. Well, um, here's your opportunity to share with our listeners where to find you if you want to be followed, where to find anything that you work on, anything that you want to promote here. This is your this is your opportunity. All right. Um, fair enough. We our website is War Eagle TV. Um, you know, we cover anything and everything Auburn. Our Twitter page is at TV underscore War Eagle, which uh, is where you can find most of the breaking news and and, uh, you know, day-to-day stuff, videos. But uh, we'd love to have people check us out, even the Kentucky fans up there. <laughs> and John, we invite John Calipari to check us out. <laughs> I'll pass along the word if I ever get the I chance say, to we'll, talk we'll, to him. We'll let him know. We'll let him know. <laughs> if he listens to this podcast, we'll uh, we'll we'll definitely get him to check out WarEagleTV.com for sure. So, right. Well, Doug, we appreciate you taking the time to meet with us tonight. It's been a, been a pleasure. I got to know a little bit more about Auburn tonight and uh, just kind of what to expect this season. And that's that's the goal, and I think our goal was achieved. So we appreciate you coming on, man. Fantastic. We'll do it again. War Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle. <laughs> All right, it's time for the last call. Uh, football is fun. I miss basketball, but football will, is definitely going to fill that hole in my heart for sports uh, in the meantime. Man, uh, just – have fun with football while you can and uh, don't, don't stop listening to us though. Make sure you keep listening to us and uh, keeping up to date on basketball. And uh, hmm, I'm trying to think of anything. I, I really don't have anything last call worthy. I don't think uh, follow me for more uh, updates on Anklet football. If you're interested in that kind of stuff, I guess. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> definitely do that. What do you have for your last call tonight? Uh, last call is, this is a little bit of a subtweet last call, but just in general, if you're going to be negative about a team that you like and that you root for and that you talk with your friends about that they also are fans, if you're going to be negative, just realize that it's probably not something, even if you're correct, that is something that you want to hear all the time. So if you have a point, make your point. You're obviously welcome to your opinion on it. Um, just make sure that you're, if, if you are going to argue it and be negative, have reasons behind it. And if, well, regardless, just realize that negativity just isn't, especially in the preseason, like the preseason is everyone's chance to be super excited and optimistic about their team. So just take advantage of that. And if like, Obviously, set your expectations where they should be. But if you want to, like, 
get crazy and think that your team is going to be better than they probably are, th- this is the only time that you get to do it. So just be conscious of that. And, yeah, just have fun. Sports is supposed to be fun and enjoyable. And, yeah, that. Yeah. So we'll see if that person listens to this episode. <laughs> and if they do, this will be a very, you know this will be a very good test. This and, will be a very good test. Shoot us, shoot us a message and, and just roast the heck out of us. I, we don't care. We're not allowed to say anything. Do not say, if you're listening to this and you're not that person, but you know who I'm talking about, do don't not say anything. say anything because it'll be a test. It's a test. We, we leave, we leave little tests like that all the time. <laughs> so, all right. Um, the, my, my actual last call here is follow us on freaking TikTok and Instagram at beards and buckets pod. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, YouTube listeners, viewers. Thank you for watching. If you can go to any podcast streaming app, hit play, scrub all the way to the end, and then hit play. So that way it marks it as played, and we get a little bit of uh, you know money that you didn't have to pay for uh, in our pockets for listening to our ad reads. And then uh, wherever you're at, like or rate or leave a review or share, whatever it is that you listen to, beers and buckets you listen to, go ahead and, and share, like, rate, and review. And, uh, yeah, and then check out the Basketball Podcast Network on Twitter for more shows like this one. And don't forget to sign up for DraftKings using promo code TBPN. So, yeah, this has been a fun episode. I was glad we could have uh, Doug on who reminded me of um, John Goodman, you know, like from, like, the Righteous Gemstones. Had that vibe to him. The accent (laughs) was perfect. Uh, I just – I like talking with guys that are older than me about sports because they have – so much of a knowledge of the game that I could probably never even fathom until I get their age anyways. So appreciate Doug listening. If you're listening to us, Doug, you were great. Love it. And uh war Eagle, I guess. So you'll hear that out of me. This one time is a uh, war Eagle. Yeah. Still appreciate makes no sense listening. to me that they have an Eagle and it's there. The so like but... I did actually do some research on it before. And basically it was like, it has to do something with about a soldier, like a story from the soldier in the civil war. And like returning to Auburn and like following the Eagle or something along those lines. And that's what, that's kind of the story or, or you know, something along those lines. So sure. do more in research and uh, you, maybe I'll do a TikTok video or a YouTube clip. To be fair, it makes just it. as, it makes just as much sense as Alabama being the Crimson Tide and their mascot being a stupid elephant. So like, yeah. I guess it's just an Alabama, the state of Alabama thing. College college mascots in general are just kind of crazy because there's no <laughs> Wildcats in Kentucky either. But you know, are we gonna are we gonna talk about the South Carolina mascot, <laughs> the Cock Commander? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's so bad. Anyways, it's so uh, good. That's the bottom line because Connor said so. You guys have a great week, <laughs> Dow. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming uh, on. Have a great week, you, everyone. Listener, viewer, whoever you are, you know, let's have fun. <laughs>